welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with our game week seven preview. Plenty of football, as always, to talk about, including a double game week first of the season. My name is Chris Hopkins, and I'm joined by the Man United in the FA Cup. Oh, I'm going to redo that. I'm going to redo uh, that. He's he's bottled it. He's bottled it early. Just press stop. Press stop on the record. No, no, I'll, 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 I've got edits anyway, so I'll, 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 I'll you don't have to. That. Well, you're not going to do it. You're at work. Anyway, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave. I'll just leave a gap, and um, I'll, and and yeah, I'll, I'll do it. My name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined by the Man United in the Carabao Cup to my Man United in the Premier League. It's Andy Case. Andy, how excited were you by last night's Man United performance? Uh, well, from what I heard, it was a good performance, but also Palace weren't great. So, yeah, I mean, show me that in the league and then I'll be more excited. Yeah, there's a little bit of like, I don't know, let, let, put it into put it into the context of getting excited before Christmas. Feels like it's like November the 30th and you're starting to get, get starting to get a little bit buzzy for it. Is that kind of where we're at on the on the excitement scale? Nah, no. nah, it's not even that level really. Like, I need to see multiple good performances in the league before I get anywhere near. Like, and even then, I'd be starting to feel a little bit better, but not excited. Like, we're a long, long way from excited. Long, at long this way point. from excited. Yeah. Obviously, Tr- trust is earned and not just given out, right? Right. Of course, of course. I mean, obviously, you're, uh, well, there is potential for double the excitement. Given Ipswich Town also in the next round of the, the Carabao Cup, we're going to be we're about half an hour from finding out who they're playing in the next round. And you did go to the game, so not quite FPL lounge at the games because you were only watching one Premier League team, one Premier League team with hardly any starters in it. But what do you make of Wolves? Rubbish. Yeah, one Premier League team and one soon-to-be Premier League team. So oh, let's not, um... let's not. We've, we, one of the reasons we're recording so late is we went down this personal individual <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> so let's not do this again. Yeah, but it's still worth it because you're still getting wound up by it. So... Yeah, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like the thought of Ipswich Town being in the Premier League. Well, I, I also just have to, for the um, global karma juju record, um, make it clear that I was saying that comment in order to wind Chris up and I wouldn't in any way want to tempt fate and I'm touching wood by making such a bold statement uh, but I was more excited by that performance I have to say um, like it as well as Wolves not playing many starters Ipswich didn't play many or any starters and yet they still looked unbelievably creative Amari Hutchinson is a really He's good a player. player he is player. class should have been man of the match um, I mean they gave it to to Jack Taylor for his absolute thunder bastard, but um, that 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 screams this sponsor doesn't go to many games, but it's a Tuesday night and it's a Premier League team, so they paid the money for the box. That's what that's what that screams. Well, it was sponsored by the University of Suffolk, man of the oh, Okay, right. Last, okay, so I don't know whether that mean what that means, whether they go off or not. It's uh, it's obviously not far away. So, but, but it doesn't scream an institution that's loaded with money. So. You know, I'll let I'll let them off, but but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't I don't know it doesn't feel like that that's a that's a man the match performance is it? I know we I mean, he was decent he was but... decent in fairness, but Hutchinson really caught the eye. He's a for, for obviously we're very much down a niche rabbit hole here and might have turned many viewers off, but he's on loan from Chelsea. Um, this this player and yeah, look, looks looks good. I mean, 
obviously long way to go to make it in, in that Chelsea team, but I could see him having a career in the Premier League for sure. Yeah, nice. And it's good, good to have it. Good to have exciting players, even though they are on loan. Obviously, and Ipswich has got plenty that aren't on loan anyway. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's um, exciting times to be a town fan, as you and many of my mates tell me. Um, not quite sure. I know what excitement is anymore when it comes to football. So we'll just we'll just leave it there. Um, Let's crack on with our Game Week 7 preview. As always, we start by running down the Game Week fixtures. We'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points, of which you know Carabao Cup is going to feature heavily, as it already has. Uh, we've got some new players on the radar, but also plenty of old ones too. We're going to be swimming against the tide this Game Week, and then we'll finish, as we always do, with captaincy and who the heck is that. Let's start then by running down those all-important FPL fixtures. Uh, your deadline for this Game Week is Saturday the 30th of October at 11 o'clock, and that's because uh, lunchtime kickoff is Aston Villa hosting Brighton. Then we have a lot of three o'clock kickoffs, six three o'clock kickoffs. They are Bournemouth versus Arsenal, uh, Everton versus Luton. Uh, we've got Man United versus Crystal Palace, Newcastle versus Burnley, West Ham versus Sheffield United, and Wolves versus Man City. And then there is also a tea time kickoff, the big one, Spurs hosting Liverpool. Um, just the one game on Sunday, and that's Nottingham Forest versus Brentford. One on Monday, which is Fulham versus Chelsea, and a Brucey bonus, a Tuesday night game, Luton versus Burnley. How much of a bonus would you say it is, Andy? This game, it doesn't feel like a big one, does it? Absolutely, it does not. Um, words and words you've heard, I'm sure, many times, Chris, but um, it could only be less. Uh, less appealing, I suppose, if it was Luton versus Sheffield United, maybe, and, and that's some fire there. Towards part, of me, part of me would rather watch that, and maybe it is the, the maybe it's the sad sack League two, League Two fan in me, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Also, it's not even on telly, so you know we can't watch it in the UK, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but let's start there, Andy, with the headline: double game week, first double game week of the season. Um, obviously, Luton versus Burnley was postponed in game week two because Luton's ground wasn't ready. So they play twice in this game week. They have Everton away and then Burnley at home. Burnley also playing twice, two away games, obviously against Luton, but also Newcastle first. Um, yeah, not much to get excited about. And we're going to cover this a little bit later in the pod too. Um, but I think just broadly to start with, this isn't a fixture to get too excited about and to be breaking up your team to bring in double gaming players, is it? Obviously, that's a matter of opinion, and but I think we're we're probably both of the opinion that uh, yeah, it's it's we've 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 maybe offended some some Luton and Burnley fans early in this show, but like that's the, the there haven't been many or any Luton or Burnley players on the radar at any point so far this this season, and the fact they've got an additional game against each other this game week does that help? I mean compared to a normal game week for them yeah but does it even quite do enough to to get any players well i mean hashtag spoiler alert no brighton or no um burnley or luton players on 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 our radar this week so um i mean you will find on other fpl you know discussion forums that um there are you know seem to be a lot of people thinking about Morris, the the Luton striker this week, and yeah, we'll get into some of that, like, I guess, later in the show when we get into the radar and stuff. But um, I suppose if you if you happen to have, there were a few, fair few people with a Bayer or a, a Cabore or whoever, a, a, a Luton or or Burnley.
only defender because there was a few starters at 4.0 for both those teams. Um, and if you've still got one of those in your squad, then I could completely understand why you'd be thinking about playing them this 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 game week because because two shots at a return, right? But but beyond that, um, there's not really any that have been catching the eye from either of those teams. No, I completely agree. I mean, I think um, yeah, there's a I think there are a few players that are like catching the eye arguably but given within the context of that they're playing for, for for these teams and and i guess ultimately we have very low expectations and i also just think like you know especially with luton their two games this week being burnley and everton it doesn't get much better you wouldn't if, if that was a, a bigger team you'd be looking at that double game week and feeling very very happy but you just just I just don't trust Luton to really pick up many points this year. I think they're going to concede goals, and it's very difficult to to really get on board with. So so yeah, I think um, less said about this double game week, the better. Um, we've already mentioned Carabao Cup, Andy. We've mentioned Man United's exploits in a much changed team. We've mentioned Ipswich Town's exploits in a much changed team, and I guess that is the theme of the Carabao Cup, particularly at these these early stages. It does feel like we've had quite a few All Premier League games maybe more than I would have expected. I guess I'm I guess thinking of, of what Newcastle um Newcastle City tonight. I mean Liverpool Leicester isn't but it almost feels like an all Premier League game, but that's just me uh me you know, believing Leicester are better than better than than they are. Um but either way we've seen quite a bit of rotation. It's a good opportunity for managers to I guess inject a bit of freshness, play some fringe players um ahead of of of, of an ever busy schedule, particularly for, for those teams that are in that are in Europe. Um I guess what we've really looked at this time compared to European rotation is big names and FPL assets getting you know much needed rest and, and, and not being used too much in, in the Carabao Cup uh, and those that perhaps are being used and maybe one that we'll mention very early on our radar uh, maybe we need to have a have a bit of a question mark over their involvement uh, in this upcoming game week. Yeah well I mean there's so many obviously players that may or may not have been used that it's hard to go through all of them so as ever kind of I guess uh, look, have, have a look out for the teams and the squads that have played this week and, and whether um the players you've got in your FPL team were were rested or or how many minutes they ended up playing. But yeah, I guess a few big ones. I mean, Salah was was rested. Um, it's it's worth making the point that Spurs went out in the round before, so no Spurs players will have played this midweek. Um, uh, I had another one in my head that I was going to mention that was that was an obvious one. I mean, the one Harland, I know that you Harland were rested. Well, Haaland rested. Yeah, no, the one you were alluding to was likely Julian Alvarez, but he is he is that does begin to get us onto our onto our radar. So yeah, any any other major, I guess a lot of the Newcastle first choice defence um, were were rested despite them beating City. So um, that's that's good for them because they've played that we we mentioned their kind of lack of depth in the last show and they've played a lot of games recently. What we've been away in the Champions League as well. So yeah been helpful yeah. rotation in, in a lot of respects this week yeah I think that's that, that's the key headline really um yeah quite a lot of helpful rotation so so yeah but obviously keep an eye on on, on minutes and check lineups uh, for this midweek if you need to and are worried about any of your own assets in your team um let's move on then to the radar Andy and let's start as you kind of alluded to there with with Julian Alvarez I mean I think there is a fair case that this guy could be higher uh, on the radar could be in the center but we, we've kept him in the in the mid-range um, and a lot of that is to do with the fact that he did end up starting tonight. I think he didn't play the whole 90, played 70-odd, I think. Um, 
But City's injuries are easing. Uh, Jack Grealish got minutes tonight. Kovacic got minutes tonight. Um, so I guess Alvarez's spot in City's team is looking less secure, given the amount of minutes he's played recently. And obviously they've got the Premier League this weekend, but then more Champions League. And then I think they've got a relatively difficult run of fixtures for them too. So if Alvarez is going to be rested at some point, and, he, and it wasn't in the Carabao Cup, one does question if it will be this weekend. Yeah, that is a, that is a slight concern. Um, I mean, guess that said, he is still on the on the mid range of our of our of our radar, and um, you know, if he does, because of everything we said last week, um, I suppose I didn't I didn't see the exact minute that he came off, but I read that he came off relatively early in the in the Carabao Cup game tonight. Seventy three so. tonight it was. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's a little misleading then to describe that as a, as relatively early. That was the phrase that I read. So yeah, I'd be uh, looking at like 60 pre 60 for it to be in the relatively early stakes. I, I would say. Yeah. I guess I suppose considering that they were obviously trying to come back into the game, you'd take that as a hopefully like a positive that it, it, he's thinking ahead, it, positive from an FPL point of view, that he's thinking ahead and, and like resting him right for the, for the mm. weekend. And I think you would still think, um, that he, despite Grealish getting some minutes and Kovacic getting some minutes, that, that Alvarez is, is still in, in pole position to be starting. Um, I suppose another another caveat is, like you say, that there's, there's champ, they've got an away Champions League game next midweek and an Arsenal away coming up in the league as well. So, yeah, the, it, it, does, it does, can Alvarez start every single game in every competition or will he have to not? not start at some point and and really the only opportunity for him to not start like you said would would be this weekend so that that's the question mark yeah i think um obviously maybe pep is waiting to 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 get a few more players back to fitness but but yeah i mean the the game um this weekend against 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 wolves you know in on paper is easier than the next premier league games against arsenal Brighton, Man United. So, yeah, if the rest is going to come in the league, you would imagine that the next game week is is, is the most appropriate time. But otherwise, we're still relatively high on, on him as a player. So um, I think he justifies his remaining in the mid-range. Another player that's staying put from last week is Sven Botman. Uh, he scored his first Premier League goal at the weekend, Andy, and is now £4.7 million. So Newcastle's good underlying defensive numbers remain. So we're going to add Dan Byrne into this, um, into the mid-range alongside him. I guess uh, Fabian Scher, £5 million, bit rich for us. Botman getting there, and therefore Byrne has just as much of a chance of a clean sheet um, as the other two, um, and is £4.5 million. So why not, I guess, roll the dice on him? Yeah, I mean, he obviously has all the um, defensive solidity upsides that, that that Botman had that we described last week. And Newcastle still third over the last four matches for expected goals conceded. And, and although uh, some a, a cynic might now say that that obviously includes Sheffield United, which which was not a particularly challenging game for, for Newcastle's defence, that was the case before this game. And also, even including this game, there's still others where, where there were like trickier fixtures in, included. So, um, yeah. That 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 helps for for Dan Burn and, and at being four point five, you're not worried about. I mean, if he gets anything attacking, then great. But that that is a zero point two um, saved over obviously Botman, and that can can be the difference for some people being able to afford uh, getting a Newcastle defender into their team or not. So um, I, I, I get, you, you, 
you wouldn't say Botman has any more attacking upside than Burn. If anything, Burn will probably get forward more, um, and it's you know it's still a threat in the box. But I mean, maybe you could make a case that that Botman's more nailed. But I think we think that Burn's pretty nailed is anyway, isn't he? So how much of a worry that is, I don't know. I mean, I've obviously I've always fancied to see a little bit of Tino Libramento at left back for. For Newcastle, I said that in the in our preseason pods when when he first signed, and he hasn't really got a look in yet, and he's just got man of the match against City tonight, albeit playing at right back. So, I wonder if maybe there's a chance for him to get a look in at some point, but but it doesn't look like any time soon necessarily. Yeah, I mean, Botman has two attacking returns this year, goal and an assist. But obviously, you can't really rely on those. Burn obviously himself has a goal. Both of those goals come against uh, Sheffield United at the weekend. Botman seems to be a bit more. Of a bonus points magnet, but then he's only got four this season. Burn hasn't got any, so maybe that's just a centre-back thing. But as you say, Andy, you know, Burn has got forward a bit, and it does appear that, that ultimately all three um, big Newcastle defenders go forward for set pieces. I think Botman, Burn, and Shed still end up in the box. So, yeah, you think there's just, just as much chance of scoring as as any of them. Uh, it seems to be very heavily on Fabian Share this year, and they're just they're uh, sharing it around a bit more this 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 time out. So. Yeah, all good, all good there. Um, another player on our mid-range, Andy, is is Son. Uh, we flipped him from the mid-range to off the radar to the mid-range again. Um, at, at the risk of seeming indecisive, I guess we're seeing enough from him playing up front and getting good underlying numbers to warrant his place back on here. And I think we're going to try and be a little bit more bullish about keeping him here, um, even if he does record a blank in the next game week. Well, I think that's it. It's not it. The slur of being reactionary is is even is less of a concern than me than 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 being um like the 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 fact that we're being after timers essentially like or mm. or or because that it would seem as though we're only moving him up when he does well and we're moving him down when he doesn't, which has been the case but it's been more so based on the extra pieces of evidence we've been we've been collecting like we we wanted to see him more through the middle he got that chance against Sheffield United with another start through the middle but then they didn't really create much for him so that made us th- worry well actually was that a one-off against a high Burnley line hence he moved down but then now he's he's had a third consecutive start through the middle and albeit they didn't necessarily create like loads of chances uh you know they did have a few in the game, and 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 Son obviously was the main man and got on the end of both of them against Arsenal. So um, I think if he's going to continue, this is kind of a if he's continuing through the middle, which it looks like he is, he kind of almost has to be in the mid range just from the sheer volume of he gets five points a goal and the sheer volume of chances um, that, that you know Spurs are very attack seem fairly attacking under Ange and Madison's pretty creative behind him. So. Um, yeah, and the the underlying numbers would would suggest, wouldn't they, that that since he's moved to that to that number nine role, he he is getting some of the best um, xG of any attacking players in the league. Yeah, he ranks third since he's since in in the three matches since he's moved up front. Uh, I think it's only Haaland and is it Callum Wilson? I think above him in the, in 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 that game week range. So so yeah, um, obviously you know he's got obviously scored five goals in that time. Um, but yeah, I think what we perhaps saw against Arsenal was perhaps more indicative of what we'd expect to see week in, week out, rather than a kind of hat-trick and then a blank, um, which is kind of what we've seen beforehand. But but yeah, I think he's going to get chances in that in that position, Andy, and he does look a little bit more 
I guess, um, like a natural finisher, a natural poacher than perhaps Richarlison did. Um, he's not replacing Kane, per se. You don't think he's kind of coming deep and linking the play, but they arguably don't need him to because Madison does that. He's that link between defence and uh, between midfield and attack now. Um, so Song can kind of be more of an on-the-shoulder defender, uh, attacker, and I think he scored a goal that was disallowed in this game as well that was um, well offside, but kind of showed his kind of poacher's instinct. And, and yeah, I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing. So I think we'll try and, as you say, be a bit, be a bit more... Um, secure in, in our thoughts on him this time and, and keeping that even if this game this game against Liverpool doesn't go as well uh, obviously you know Tottenham can quite easily exploit Liverpool's high line too and I think that's what first appealed to us about Son when we put him on the radar uh, a couple of game weeks ago. Um, moving outwards to the fringe Andy another Newcastle defender here in Kieran Trippier um, is it basically just his price that limits that is limiting his upside or where we're placing him on the radar because this was one that we did debate quite intensively um before recording today yeah it was a tricky one at one point we had him like we, we were against him completely being on the radar and other points we had we had him higher it's a tricky one because i guess the 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 the, the outright answer is if he was as cheap as bottom and burn you know, if he was cheaper and as cheap as them, he, he would be, I mean, they're in the mid-range, so there'd be no reason to not have him in the mid-range, right? So I guess the obviously distinctive factor is he is almost 2 million more than, more, more than 2 million more than Burn and, and almost 2 million more than Botman. And that, you know, so do you get that much significantly more from him? And obviously he got three assists in the, in the last game. And I think there's a lot of people bringing him off the back of that. And you, you know, you can't expect that. Obviously I think they were his only three assists of the season so far, but um, against, you know, a very poor looking Sheffield United side, but he, the, the bottom line is his underlying numbers again, assisted by that, that one game, but, but nonetheless, he's had harder fixtures earlier in the season and it all balances out. Right. He's, he has more expected assists. So his underlying numbers for assists are higher than any other defender in the game now at this point. So, um, there, there is some, as he, you know, he's on all kind of set piece deliveries for, 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 for Newcastle. And I think he, that provided him a lot of assists last season. So when, when the fixtures have turned as they have, and, and hence Botman and Byrne being on there and, and Botman being on there last week, and, and you're getting um, a reasonable chance over the next six game weeks of a few clean sheets for someone like Trips, then the, the, the assists kind of as and when they come are, are little cherries on the top and extra bonuses. And I think if you had a 6.6, well, I mean, we've discussed plenty of defenders in that five to 7 million, uh, sorry, midfielders in that five to 7 million range. And, you know, obviously if they get an assist, that's three points. If they get a goal, that's five points. And so a return might average out somewhere around four points for them, depending on whether it's a goal or an assist. And and then Trippi is going to get four points, obviously every time, Newcastle get a clean sheet and then may also get attacking returns as well. So comparing him to other defenders, are you getting 2 million more out of him than you are for Botman and Byrne? That's a tricky decision in and of itself. But but like, can you find a place for him in your team? Is he worth that money compared in terms of what 6.6 million does across the rest of your team? I think there's an argument he is. So, I mean, obviously you can't put him in a midfield slot, so it's maybe not fair or reasonable to to compare him to midfielders. But, and again, I guess that's why he's on the fringe rather than like higher up because there is still that little bit of like a debate there. But he's seeming, I think we both, after wrangling a bit with it, felt like the amount of points potential for him 
is is definitely significantly higher than than, than like Botman or Burn, and and he still obviously get um, gets their clean sheet potential, so um, is is worthy of a place on the radar here. Yeah, I think the other thing that I'm kind of personally conscious of is just comparing him at least in terms of price to last year and just thinking, oh, well, he's not worth it because last year he was so cheap. And I think kind of the phrasing that, that that I used before we started recording again was just because he's not a bargain doesn't mean he's not worth it. And I think that that's kind of where I'm struggling to decide whether he's worth it, whereas last year he was definitely a bargain. So you definitely go after him. But this year he's kind of, he kind of feels like a bit on the borderline to me. Um and if he had Trent's underlying numbers, I think I still want to be seeing a little bit more, maybe a little bit more in terms of the underlying defensive numbers too at 6.6 million. Having said that, Trent has been seven plus. So I guess I'm trying to level that off in my head as well. Um, another kind of thing that is worth mentioning about him at the minute is that many of you might already have him have him in your teams. He's, he's 36% owned and that struck me as being far higher than I would have predicted and given the you know he could he hasn't had loads and loads of transfers in he, I mean, he is this game week after an 18 point haul but he hasn't had loads of net transfers in in previous game weeks that feels like a lot to do with loads that had him in at the start of the season and we just were not really considering him in our long weekend he was too pricey for us so I think there is um you know although he's got high ownership it doesn't I guess he's going to get higher now, but he probably was starting from a pretty high base. So um, if you don't own him, it's going to be one of those things where if he does end up hauling, it's just, it's going to, it's going to hurt your rank. And, and yeah, I don't know if, don't think that really comes into our consideration massively. Um, but yeah, worth considering if you are thinking about bringing him in that the, that yeah, it could, uh, it, it could be kind of a safety measure as much as anything else. Um, moving on, Andy, we've got two more players on the fringe that were here last week. Matty Cash is one of them. Uh, another three shots uh, for him this week, two of which are in the box, but not, none of them have particularly high XG. He still remains the fifth best player in the game for non-penalty XG in the last four game weeks, which, yeah, not bad for a defender. Um, I guess if we saw better underlying defensive numbers from, um, from Aston Villa, he'd be far higher on this list. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 that's it. And we, I mean, we said that we said that last week, didn't we? Um, he, I mean, he's. It's going to be interesting because he 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 will start to come into though those the, the fixtures do get even better for 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 Villa and for Cash. So uh, there will be there will be more. Um, there will be an opportunity for him to to rise higher up this if if Villa can improve those underlying defensive numbers. Um, there are his 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 attacking prowess, as we discussed last week, is is making people bring him in, and maybe that'll help um, then those people who are taking that punt like get ahead of the defensive returns. Because I suppose there's a risk that people like me, particularly and you, um, get left behind by those if they start coming quickly when the fixtures do improve for Villa. But despite the fact that they're not like maybe as good as you'd want them to be straight off the bat. Uh, as in, well, this game week with with playing Brighton, who are like obviously a very creative team. Um, after that, it's Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, Fulham, um, and so you know, definite potential for, for 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 clean sheets there. I guess there is still that um, problem uh, with with um, Europa Conference League and rotation. And I think you said on last week's show. Uh, 
Emery being more conservative potentially somewhat sometimes and like playing a cons or at right back or whatever. So um, still some caveats there. And I guess that's why he's on the fringe. Yeah, still exists those those, those problems, I think, potentially. Uh, Mo Salah is the other one that is remaining uh, on the fringe. Again, he's kind of hamstrung by his price a little bit, Andy, but um, he has created seven big chances this year, and that's four more than the next player in the league. Um I guess also, you know, it, a lot of it is assists. A lot of his underlying numbers are, are, are assists, but he's returning consistently every game week. He's still on penalties. Um, just 12, if you don't already own him, 12 and a half million requires surgery to your team to bring him in, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's the big issue. And again, we sort of get, sort of discussed that a lot last week. Um, but he's consistently returning. Um, and there's, a, there's some chat, I mean, there's a lot of, you can't really trust social media for anything but particularly when it comes to fpl people like to have strong opinions on it and um a lot of people kind of slagging off i guess his his value in the sense of like points per million right and and you and i in the preseason pods often try to kind of balance this idea of like yes you need to be getting value like across your team in particular and you do need to consider is it worth outlaying a particular amount for someone but ultimately you get judged on how many points your team scores at the end of the season, right? Not their points per million. And if you buy loads of cheap players with good points per million, fine. But like the absolute, like, you know, total number of points, if it's not as high as someone else, even if you pay more for that, you know, that, 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 you can make those trade-offs potentially elsewhere that can give you the money to, to have him in. Right. So um, it's, that doesn't prevent the issue of having to restructure that you, that you that you highlighted and 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 I guess that's easy if you're someone who already owns him or if you're if you're wildcarding I suppose then you're not so worried about about restructuring but given the other midfield options we have this season it it, it feels like if 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 you're not having to use loads of free transfers to make it happen there there are ways to fit him in your team and and he's consistently returning and his underlying numbers are good as we as we highlighted last week so. Um, yeah, happy to keep him around. Yeah, I guess also just like by the sheer virtue of the fact that we're six game weeks in means that his total points total is going to be closer to other players than it might be after 38 games. Like that's, you know, you kind of expect his class to tell over a long period of time, but maybe not, he might not distinguish himself over a short period. And I think the fact that we are getting good underlying numbers out of him now, which perhaps we weren't in the early game weeks of the season, I think just kind of gives me confidence that he's he's going to be there, and yet you know he is what the 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 third highest scoring midfielder in the game thus far. Yes, he is the most expensive midfielder in the game, but I think we're getting enough from him at the minute to kind of justify the expense. But also, you know, I don't mean to state the obvious here, but he's scored two hundred plus points in six of well in his six last FPL seasons. If you guaranteed me at the start of the season. His his lowest points total is 231 points. If you guaranteed me at the start of the season, would you say he's worth 12.5 million? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I think you would. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think you would. because because It's it's, a close one. Did you say two, three? What did you say? Two, three? What was 231 is his lowest points total in the last six. So we're not, we're not, that's not even an average. It's probably right on a borderline of like, I feel like the, for for twelve and a half. Do you know what I mean? I think you, yeah, you probably do. I just think that you so rarely get a player 
in a lower midfield price category that breaks 200, let alone whose floor is 230. And if mm. we're going to talk about the yes, okay, points per million, I get that. But if we're going to, if you're going to talk about having the the sheer amount of points, I think that you know there is obviously every chance that Mo Salah doesn't make that this year. But you know, you'd like to think that he's going to get pretty close to it, um, get, providing he stays fit. So, or doesn't end up in Saudi Arabia in uh, in in January or, or whatever happens. Also, is there, there is there Afcon this year? I think there is Afcon. Con this yes, season. there is. So yeah, but yeah, he's done. He's done that. He's done Afcon before, and still, still come away with well over two hundred points. So yeah, always needs to be thought about when it comes to him. Um, I'm going to take the last one, Andy. Mateus Nunes, five million. I've made it. I've got him on the radar. Um, yeah, I like this one. I think we mentioned him in the anyone else last week, and the rationale for that was that City had plenty of injuries and he had started in the Champions League and it looks like he's going to kind of play that Gundogan position, perhaps, you know, maybe breaking into the box late, being a bit creative on the edge, you know, not quite as advanced perhaps as, as your Alvarez's and your Foden's and, and, and your Grealish's and, and, and the like, but, but, but not a defensive-minded City player. Um, and five million pounds, obviously, in FPL is, is is a massive bonus. And he did start against Wolves. He played in, uh, he, he got an assist. Um, so yeah, I think what what we've also seen since then was Rodri getting uh, getting himself sent off. Um, and although we are seeing Kovacic back from back from injury, started tonight in, in, in the Carabao. I think Nunes uh, played but come off the bench. I think he was a sub, come off the bench. So so yeah, clearly in Pep's thoughts at the minute. Um, sort of in that kind of two deeper midfielders. It feels like it's Nunes, Kovacic or Phillips for two two positions, basically. I guess you could involve Rico Lewis in that if if if, if you thought likely, but I think Nunes is is going to get the nod at least for the next three Prem games. And I think at five million he's well worth a bit of a flyer uh, in such a in such a good team. Um, have you got anything more to add on that, Andy? Because I know that you're not as convinced uh, not as bullish on it, let's say as me. Yeah, I guess it's just my natural like cautiousness about this type of thing, right? But like, and and the fact, I guess, that we've said a lot this season that midfield spots are not exactly difficult to fill. There's a lot of good options there, so um, that's what he's competing against. But then he's five mil, and he's a starter for City probably for the next three league games, as you've highlighted, and and it's not de- like completely defensive by any stretch. He's kind of like you said, doing the Gundo thing a little bit. So. Um, there's there's definitely some sneaky like differential upside to him there for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking I, I'm looking at bringing him in this week, but I'm just like who do I get rid of? And I think that speaks to the point of so there being so many midfield spots that is you know it, it's hard to justify a transfer on him. But yeah, I quite like it. Uh, anyone else, Andy, that we're keeping our eye on that's not quite made it onto the radar this game week? Uh, well, I mean that uh, again like. Chris Hopkins smashed the anyone else last week, and the, and I think both both of these really were highlighted by by you. So I mean, I guess I'll I'll mention the one that I think you're 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 less excited about, and that and and leave you for the for the for the big finale. But so I'll go with Darwin Nunes, and um, yeah, I guess state that he Darwin is... Nunes is is in his in a nutshell big finale, isn't he? He is he screams big finale though, doesn't like really. Well, potentially. So maybe it's uh, it's it's interesting to see who that who I mean tease of who the big finale will be if it's not Nunes. But um, yeah, uh, he is in the top 
three, I think it is, in the last four matches for uh, non-penalty XG and um, has obviously got had a few returns recently. Looks like he might be starting to cement a place through the middle in, in the starting 11 for Liverpool. That's TBC, but I guess that's why he's on the anyone else. Just something to like look out for. Um, he is, again, starting to, like he did last season, get get relatively consistent xg and he's put a couple of them away recently so if he if he's found his shooting boots and he's going to start regularly we're going to be talking about him more on the radar i think yeah absolutely um yeah my one is 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 generally quite less big finale but yeah i've always been a jared brown fan ever since he broke through at carlisle united in in, in now i've even been league one at the time although possibly league two um and i'm kind of glad after alone at psv last year that everton have finally given him a chance because every time he's played for everton he's looked like one of their best defenders for a couple of years but has never really been seen to be given a, a running running the team um their defensive their defensive underlying numbers in the last four game weeks are the fifth best in the league and they've only got the big hitters your city i think it's city tottenham Chelsea and Newcastle ahead of them. Now that's not that bad. I do appreciate that there are several jokes on FPL Twitter at the minute poking fun at those that thought that Jordan Pickford would be a, a viable game week one goalkeeper that was going to be a bit set and forget. And I think that that's fair to poke fun at anyone that did believe that. But Everton's underlying defensive numbers have improved since Jared Brownsway came into the team ahead of Michael Keane. And the key thing, Andy, how much how much is he in FPL? Well, I think he's only four million based he's on what you've told me. Four million pounds. He's not four point four. He's not four point three. He's four million pounds, and I think he's the best, the best four million pound starter uh, in the game at the minute. So, so yeah, um, I think he is worth a shout on anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's totally fair enough. If I mean, again, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, fool me about five times with the Everton defence, then we should just stop expressing any opinions about them. But, um, yeah, like I talk, like I said about uh, United earlier, Everton, Everton as a team and their defence have to go a long way to earn my earn my trust. And I, and I understand your point that Bramfrey hasn't been part of those previous... Um, scars that have been inflicted upon us and the FPL community that are by Everton but you know nonetheless he he as much as as good as he may be and how much you might like him because he came through the EFL um he, he can't single-handedly uh, drag Everton and maybe he's not doing it single-handedly maybe Sean this is the Sean Dyche effect starting maybe, to kick maybe. in now that he's had a little bit longer with them and they've got a lot more of their first 11 back but um I just need to see it a little bit more before I'm gonna before I'm gonna believe it yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I guess there's just, like, when we've brought in Everton defenders before, we've started them for various reasons, and you don't have to start this one. But he's a good, I think he's a good sort of bench backup um, if you're, you know, if, if, if you're, if you've got Esther Pinyan and he's rested by Deserby randomly one game week, then I don't think having Branthwaite sitting around on your bench is, is, is the worst thing, to, worst way to go. And I think it is notable, Andy, that we are, we're mentioning him above any Luton four million pound defenders, despite the fact they're on a double game week. So yeah, that says a lot. Um, let's leave it there anyway. Let's take a quick break, and then when we return, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore Lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. 
Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, Andy, swimming against the tide this game week, but should we review our honey traps from last weekend? I believe mine was, well, yours was Erling Haaland would be king of the game week. And That's true. I took you up on that, I think. Yes, you I did. did. And it, I was right to do so because I think it was Kieran Trippier, right? With yes. three assists and a clean sheet. That's true. Lovely. And my rationale was uh, defenders the that scores a goal might be the king of the game week, even if Erling Haaland scores twice. So obviously, Kieran Trippier didn't score a goal. He got three assists. But yeah, I think we were kind of obviously in the right in the right ballpark. I can't remember what mine was. Have you got any idea? Yeah, it was Odson Edward being the highest scoring player in the Spurs in the Arsenal games. or Palace Fulham. And um I don't know who the highest scoring was, but it wasn't Edward. So and I took you on that and I was right to do so as well. I'm guessing it was Son or Madison, because Madison got two it returns, Son got Saka two returns. As well. Did Saka get two returns? But yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, lovely stuff. All right. Uh, I mean, let's... diligent oh, podcasters might have looked Written it up, down. I suppose. Yeah. 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 But... but why bother? Why bother? <laughs> let's just rely on our ever-reliable memories. Um, something at the tide this week, Andy, is this feels to me like one of our bolder ones because of what FPL Twitter's saying. Yeah, it feels like one of the ones that I feel more strongly about than perhaps I often do. Sometimes they kind of fall into your lap and you just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, this player's got a flag or something and, you know, whatever. Let's roll with that. Or or this player had a ridiculously fortunate hat-trick last week and therefore they're being brought in en masse and it's easy to swim against. This one has thought behind it and the thought behind it is this player's on a double game week. But this player happens to be Carlton Morris. And however much... I want to be on board with this. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not even remotely on board with it. He's the fifth most transferred player in this week. Luton are on a double game week, and that's what I said at the top of the show. If Luton are going to get a double game week, there probably aren't many kinder ones than Everton and Burnley. But this is a player whose non-penalty XG, Andy, is less than one in six games. Yes, he's on penalties for Luton, and he has scored two penalties this season. But you cannot rely on that, and Luton especially can't rely on rely on that. And at the minute, it feels like they are relying on that for their only source of goals. This just feels too easy, doesn't it? It it it, it does seem bonkers to me. I can't, I can't really understand. I don't really. It would be interesting if we could hear the rationale of someone who is bringing him in, because, um, like even if you think there's a decent chance of him getting a return across two games you're likely not to want to keep having him for a while, right? So you are then committing to another transfer out, which even if that were the situation, we'd be kind of questioning this as well. Is that worth booking in transfers and getting yourself potentially into a hole? But when you add in like, yeah, that he's averaging around about 0.1 non-penalty XG per game, the fact he's got an extra game does a great 0.2 non-penalty XG projected for this week then for him. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's 
maybe we're going to be made to look stupid. Maybe there, and this is why I said it'd be good to hear the rationale of some someone trying to bring him in because maybe there is uh, something that someone's seen as uh, as a as a particular edge as to why Morris might um, have uh, a a better chance or a different chance uh, in these games he's got coming up this game week than he has in 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 previous ones of, of getting goals. But um, it does feel sort of unnervingly comfortable to just swim against this. Yeah. I guess Andy, one of the rationale, one rationale for him is that he, bookings aside, is going to get four points this game week, and that's almost as good as starting and getting an assist, and that's a return. So, I guess, yeah, this this is probably Luton's best chance to kind of get off the get off the schneid, and he is on penalties, and four points is an okay floor, and anything else is a bonus. But still, if you're bringing him in, you're going to be lumped with him. I guess there might be managers that are, look, that are looking to wildcard out in the next couple of game weeks, you know, maybe after the, the next international break. But I just I can't get on board with it as a transfer. Transfers are valuable. And why are you bringing in a guy that doesn't score goals? Well, yeah, uh, that's it. Exactly. I mean, he's 5.5 million. So he's in the price range of like a Jao Pedro or a... Um, guest close to a Ferguson and an Elson Edwards. So it's not like there's even the upside of like him being a 4.5 or even a 5 million like punt. And um, you just keep him on your bench as your kind of third striker. So um, yeah, I, I, I guess he's had one less fixture than, than other people to like judge him on, but he still had like five games now. And I suppose three attacking returns encourages some people, but obviously two of those are, are penalties. And and yeah, like you've said, you said, you don't really know how much you can rely on those uh, going forward. So yeah, the four points. I mean, if you if you, you, I get the four points argument in that sort of a mini return, even just based on his appearance points. But then, uh, if you're having to use a transfer. Even if it's a free transfer, that's a free transfer you could have used somewhere else. You you essentially have to value transfers at four points a piece, right? And you're so then you're almost negating that gain uh, by the fact you're going to have to get rid of him at a later point. Let's move on, Andy, then to captaincy, and uh, I guess the very, 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 very obvious pick for captaincy this game week is Erling Haaland. Uh, so let's move on to vice captaincy. Obviously, he's at Wolves. It should be relatively straightforward for him to be the most obvious captaincy pick in the game. But vice captaincy maybe pulls up some interesting ones, and we rarely talk in this segment at all about big teams playing each other. We feel that often negates their best assets. But when your teams that can be as open as Tottenham and Liverpool, although Tottenham have re- relatively good underlying defensive numbers um, so far this year. Um, but I'm expecting it, there to be goals in this game. And I think Son and Salah could therefore end up having a bit of a feast against uh, in, in this in this matchup. Therefore, they're going to be pretty good vice-captaincy or maybe even if you're feeling very brave, captaincy. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw it last week, didn't we, with the Spurs-Arsenal game, where obviously both sets of attacking assets um, ended up doing well. And it could be similar here, because teams that... I mean, it's funny that you say Spurs are decent defensively, because Liverpool's underlying numbers are actually better, but neither of them are, are like, amazing um, over the course of the whole season. So, um, yeah, both both teams conceding chances, and... um, obviously having forward players who are scoring goals so um 
yeah, you can definitely see, I guess you, you know, Tottenham are at home. So does that give you a slight edge of Son over Salah? Should you own both? Maybe, I guess. Um, you would but, for me, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess they, also we're seeing more like XA for Salah, more XG for Son in the last, since he's been up front. So I think that maybe swings it for me. Yeah. And obviously they, they both get five points per goal. So that doesn't, that doesn't, act as a decisive factor so yeah but 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 both good vice captaincy options i mean it seems futile to even worry about it too much if it's not your captain right it's only uh your your vice captain but maybe there'll be one of these weeks where harland gets an unexpected drop and or rest and then uh and then it, it becomes very important yeah absolutely um are we at always target sheffield united stage of the season and therefore is jared bowen perhaps the best vice-captaincy shout that we could come up with this week. Yeah, well, um, I'm I'm starting to think now that we managed to avoid mentioning somehow Jared Bowen on the radar. Yeah, I was just thinking that. We didn't actually put him on there in the end, even though we intended to. Yeah, which I think that's possibly the first time that's ever happened. It's a massive um, oversight. I mean, we are very tired, Andy. We're recording very late at night. We are, yes. Um, But, so, yeah, I mean had Jared Bowen on the on the radar that would have demonstrated just how good of an asset we think he is this week in particular but also over the next few game weeks um he's got good underlying numbers um I think was it fourth for non-penalty expected goal involvement in the game um or maybe that's over the last four game weeks but it's he's he's um scoring goals and he's uh, obviously playing a team who've just been pumped eight in their last game week and, and don't look particularly great at the back. So I think if he's in your team, you've got to be you've got to be considering for at least vice captain this this game week playing Sheffield United. Yeah, I think so. I think he I think he's actually third all season for non penalty XG, Jared Bowen. I mean, it's still not a massive number. I think it's like under three. So yeah, I guess that needs to be considered. But I think he's returned in four of West Ham's six games i think one of them that he didn't return in was city so so yeah i think he's obviously having a having a pretty reasonable season and at 7.1 million isn't overly expensive for a midfielder either if you were looking to bring bring him into your team um as andy said we probably should have mentioned him on the radar and i think we did intend to um but yeah good captaincy option this game week in particular and and, and yeah it doesn't have the worst fixtures on the horizon either but obviously this one is a major standout um andy come on you've got a road pick in here as well go on Talk Luton defenders for me. Well, you say rogue. I would imagine there are people who are considering it because of the double game week. Um, And look, I think at home to Burnley and away to Everton is not a, you know, two are two reasonable chances for clean sheets for Luton. Um, their underlying numbers, so you've been informing me, are haven't been too bad recently in a defensive in a defensive sense, and um, they do have two rolls of the dice to keep keep clean sheet and I suppose of one small roll of the dice that maybe even getting two clean sheets here so um it's it I'm not rushing to go get Luton players in my team but that's not the point of this segment right if they are in your team would you consider making them your vice captain this game week I mean you're probably very likely to start them otherwise almost what's the point if you're not going to play them even in a double game week so um if you can, if they're gonna, if you're gonna start them, um, could could 
surely that they might even be it worth yeah. thinking about yeah. a vice captaincy option. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But yeah, it just you look at it and it just scares me. But yeah, it's if you're gonna start them, you must think that there's some some sort of credence in it. So yeah, why not? Why not? But Haaland, obviously headline captaincy pick as always on in the FPL lounge this season. Um, let's finish then as we always do with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? Uh, for those that don't know, each week Andy and I take it in turns to pick a player from the FPL universe that must be known, owned by at least 5% of managers and the other person has to guess who it is. They get five clues and if they guess it after the first clue, they get five points after the second clue, four points and so on and so forth. Each time they hear a new clue, they have two minutes to stick or twist on their previous guess so we don't reveal the answers to the end so we play along. Uh, so you can play along wherever you're listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. Uh, Andy picked up a three-pointer with Bruno Fernandes last game week. So it is now 9-8 to myself. I've got the opportunity to extend that lead here. Looking forward to it. Sort of. No, I'm not. Just, I'm tired. But, yeah, let's, 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 let's go. Let's, let's, get it, let's get it over with and uh, let's see what I can do. Well, don't try and downplay it now that you're in the lead. You know, you, uh, uh, you're not, you're not going to fool me uh, with, with trying to pretend you, you, there's some apathy towards this. You, there's des- no apathy. There's no desperate. apathy. There's no organic apathy. Just, just, it's, the clock is, uh, it's gone, gone 11 now. And this is one of the, le- we used to do quite late night recordings and we kind of got out of the habit. And I, yeah, this is just a, Bad consequence of, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Just busy, busy work weeks putting us in this position, I think. Yes. Uh, scheduling issues that we had, couldn't avoid. Anyway, let's crack on. So, um, if you're ready, it, it, is this, it is this player's fourth season in FPL, and they are on for their highest ever finish. Fourth season. Um, so, that, I'm um, just looking through the teams, and I can't think of a team that's been in the league that long apart from is it would it be Bournemouth's fourth year now maybe well maybe not so yeah I'm not sure that on for their highest ever finish so they must have started started the season well um so for Villa that could be someone like a Massey Cash, although he's done more than four years. Um, don't think Watkins would be on for his highest ever finish yet, so he's probably done more than four years too. Brighton, player like, I mean, is it, would it be Matoma's fourth? I guess it could be. He could be on for his highest ever finish because he didn't really come to the fall until late, later last year. Um, don't think it'll be Esther Pinyans. Okay. Bournemouth. I don't even know if anyone will be eligible for the his stat, to be honest. So leave them. Arsenal, four years. Someone like a... Martinelli? No. Doesn't feel like there's anyone there in particular. Everton, probably not. I think Pickford might be eligible for the game, but that might be about it. You've got 30 seconds. Oh, dear. Uh, United, no. Oh, I've got the Palace, and I'm thinking Eze. I'm thinking Eze. Let's go, let's go Eberichi Eze, please. Okay, go with Eze. I haven't got long left, so we'll, we'll take that one. Um, clue number two, then. 
this player has had more than one price rise this season? Um, I don't know if that applies to him. So let's keep going down the teams. Newcastle highest finish could be Trips has done more than four years. Uh, Gordon, Anthony Gordon, don't think he would have had two price rises though, would he? Burnley, feel like we can stick a line through them. West Ham, I mean, we've just been speaking about Bowen, but I don't, he hasn't had two price rises. Um, anyone else there? Ward Prowse, not on for his fourth year. Sheffield United can probably put a line through them. Wolves, I think we can put a line through them. City, Julian Alvarez, fourth year. Don't think it would be his fourth year. Uh, Diaz, no, don't think so. Tottenham. Son Madison, no, don't think so. Might have to stick with Eze here. Um, I guess the other one was on oh, Brentford. Brentford players might have done four years. Um, Buemo had two price rises. Might well be on for his highest ever finish. You've got 30 seconds. Um, yeah, I'm tempted to switch, actually, to Brian and Buemo, Andy, I think. Yeah, I'll switch, please. Brian and Buemo. Okay, sure. Yes, please. Okay. Switching to Buemo. Clue number three, then. This player has only returned once this season. Right, well, that's not him. So, hold on, Storm, for the highest ever finish, and they've had more than one price rise, but they've only returned once this season. Correct. That's that's odd. And I guess that must mean it must be a very small pool of players upon which that would apply to have they been injured I don't see why they would have been um, I guess the highest ever finish might be, maybe implies that they're kind of new only returned once I guess that must include does that include clean sheets I assume it, it, it does we include clean sheets as they return don't we so for, for goalkeepers well, and for defenders, depending on the on the positions, yes, yeah, we yeah. include them. We don't, not for midfielders, we don't. But yes, yeah. Um, oh God, I've got no idea. I mean, Brian and Bremer returned more than once, so that rules him out. I do wonder if 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 it's going back to Eze. You've got 30 well, I've seconds. I've got no idea how many times he's returned. I know it's not in Buemo, Andy, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to do the thing I don't think we've ever done on it. On who the heck is that? I'm going to go back to a previous guest, and I'm going to go back to Eze, but not because I think it's him. I just don't know who it is and it isn't in Buemo. So, yeah, I'll go back, please, to, to Eze. Uh, 10 seconds. Yes, please. Back to Eze. Okay. Clue number four, then. This player had their highest ever score to date so far in their first FPL season when they made 36 starts, 
but they've only made two starts in their subsequent two seasons. Okay. It feels like a goalkeeper. So, Emmy Martinez, no. Steele, no. Neto, no. Ramsdale or Raya, no. Pickford, no. And it can't be Anana. Crystal Palace, Sam Johnston. He's got more than one return, I think. I don't think he's had a price rise. Uh, Nick Pope, no. James Trafford, definitely no. Ariola, Ariola. Okay, he's an option. He will have. He had a season for Fulham, didn't he? And then he, did he go to West Ham? Yeah. Okay, he's an option. Don't know who Sheffield United keeper is. I think it's Fotheringham, so that's a no. Wolves, Jose Sarr played last year. Edison played last year. Vicario was a new signing. Allison played last year. I don't know who's in goal for, for Forest at the moment. Matt Turner. Don't think it would be him. You've got 30 seconds. Second. Chelsea Sanchez. So that's a no. And Leno's a no. Ariola. Has he, he's, I know he's had one price rise. Don't know about two. But I do think it's a keeper. And you got 10 seconds. I'm going to switch to Ariola, please. Yeah, Thank well, you. we'll have to do that because no more time. So fine. Um, the final clue then, clue number five. This player is the highest owned player at their club and the highest owned player in their position. Um... I don't know if he's the highest owned goalkeeper. And I don't know if he's the highest owned West Ham player, but it would make sense that he is both. I think. Um, Highest owned player at the club and position. So the highest owned defender is was Estepina, and I assume it still is. Highest on forward is Haaland. Highest on midfielder, I think, would be Saka. I think. And it's not any of them. So that leads me to goalkeeper. Would it be... Yeah, I think it's him. I think it's him. What was that third clue again? Could you just give me that very quickly? This player's only returned once this season. Oh, what was the fourth clue then? Sorry. (laughs) This player's had their highest ever score to date in their first FPL season when they made 36 starts, but they only made two starts in their next two seasons. So he's like, he was West Ham's European keeper, I think in the last two years. He's starting this season and he played for Fulham beforehand. He's the only keeper that that applies to that I've gone through. Got 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm sticking with Ariola, please. 
I can't. If it's not him, then I am well and truly stumped. I'm never. I'm not going to get it in the 20 seconds remaining. So I'm going to stick with Ariola. Okay. Well, uh, that is a wise decision because it is Alphonse Ariola. Yes. Nice clues. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I I had um, I had like a few different ones. I had to eliminate some, and I I was I had to think for a while about the order of them as well because yeah. I had a couple in different order at points, and I was because basically when you got to that fourth one, you basically eliminated the fact that it almost had to be him. And it, and yeah, I, I looking at it earlier and I had them in a different order. I was like, this becomes too obvious too quickly. So uh, at least I thought it did anyway. Yeah, like originally I had the highest owned player at the club and the position thing split out. And mm. having some of that information earlier meant when it added with other clues, I felt like it just became a bit too, bit yeah. too clear. So good. No, I'm glad. I glad you. Uh, I suppose getting. I think we've worked out before that like two maybe 2.2-ish is about an average for yeah, the yeah. number of points. So I guess it is a bit classic who the heck is stat to kind of get it on the fourth clue. It is, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Which is which is exactly what you did, yeah. But, I mean, obviously highest own keeper because of his price, right? And he's a starting 4.0, although now 4.2 uh, million goalkeeper. Um, yeah, highest owned comfortably at, at, at West Ham um, because of that. Um, it hasn't had a single clean sheet. His one return this season is a penalty save. Ah, um, okay, interesting. So I guess that's worth noting for future uh, things that, that a penalty save. I, I felt that had to count as a as a return. Yo, right? of he scored, he scored yeah. ten points that game week, um, despite yeah no clean sheets at all this season. Um, and and yeah, um, like as as you as you deducted, it was the Fulham season where he got 124 points, but but hasn't been a starting keeper at any other point other than than then and now. So yeah, um, all came together to be him. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, well, let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's bring this one into land. But if our listeners have any questions about what to do in game week seven, or if they've got any questions about how excited you are for Ipswich Town in the Carabao Cup, uh, not the greatest draw I think we've found while we've been recording. Um, but, you know, league, lower league fans will be very pleased to see that Mansfield or Port Vale will be in the next round of the Carabao Cup. So that's all good. But anyway, if they're excited for you and Europe's which town fandom, then how can they get in touch to tell you? Well, I, I doubt it, but they could find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. Um, and uh, although this is obviously is a uh, podcast about FPL and the Premier League, yes, um, to, I'd say two disappointing draws for both my my teams in 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 the Carabao Cup. In that. Um, yeah, Man United got Newcastle United um, in a repeat of last year's final. Possibly two of the best teams left in the competition now. So that's, that's on frust- telly. frustrating Sky, and unfortunate. Sky probably, taking that probably one. Probably got to be on telly. Yeah. Um, and for Ipswich, yeah, getting a. I mean, the the eleven that Fulham put out today was very very good uh, in the Carabao Cup, and and so for Ipswich to get a very like a pretty good mid-table Premier League team without getting one of the big boys is is about as as, as least ideal as you can get. Because if you get a Mansfield or a Port Vale, it's not a glamorous tie, but you're giving yourself a decent chance of getting through, right? Where mm-hmm. And if you draw like United or Chelsea or whatever, great, you've got a, you got a nice big game. So um, yeah, that's, that's not ideal. What's also frustrating as well is that there were, if one ball earlier and they would have played Mansfield or Port Vale, one ball later and they would have played Man United or Newcastle United and had Fulham not won and uh, 
their opponents got through instead it would have set up a big east anglian derby so um lots of different routes to where this draw could have been ever so slightly better in if just a couple of things had happened ever so slightly differently but uh look first draw. first world problems this isn't it sitting over here with with uh i know i know I'll, i know there'll be a lot of shade and people not being able to understand how i've ended up with with two teams uh in my fandom let alone uh two two in the carabao cup now no, oh, it's it, it it is what it is. Geography does a lot in in the UK, I guess, for 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 where you end up being a fan, and then I guess uh, yeah, other things, you know, your peers when you're growing up, and all sorts, uh, yeah, influences stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, just um, very mo- and moving uh, yeah. from the north of England to the south of England halfway through your childhood, as was as was the case for me. So absolutely, absolutely, there you go. Yeah, and we're not, we're not all. Uh, not all hometown heroes, Andy, are we? You can't all be hometown heroes. So, so there we are. Uh, anyway, uh, do also remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, and do oh, yeah, especially you know rate and review, particularly uh, if you love all of this Carabao Cup chat, which I'm sure that you do. Um, we'll be back next uh, next week with our game week eight preview before obviously our little break due to the international uh, due to the international break. So, Andy, until then, thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>